0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Cross the Cemetery. My name's Emma.
1: My name's Josh.
0: And surprise, surprise, Josh is leading this episode this week.
1: It's, it must be the first time I've ever done
0: this. Yeah, he's never done it before, so I hope he's all right Ali.
1: Yeah, I, I, I've done some preparation, but we'll wing it and see how we go. we move. Okay. Um, you said this week's episode, but we missed a week last week.
0: Oh, yeah, we missed a week last week because... Um, because of a lot of things, what I basically life. life was just a lot, and I had one of my many <laughs> breakdowns. Um, Josh was busy as always, um, and yeah, but we hopefully will be more on track now.
1: I try to be very on track, but when I tell you to be on track, it's like I'm um, a dictator of sorts.
0: I know I can't help it. I. I I have spoke about depression in the past and anxiety and it does, um it does cause me to have like, I won't go into big details, it's not a depression anxiety podcast, but it causes like a black flo- fog, it causes like a black fog, so sometimes I just can't get the motivation to do stuff, even if I want to do them, and then on top of work things and actual life things, it was a bit much last week, but hey ho! We go forward and if anyone else feels like that, my DMs on Instagram or Twitter, Twitter's Josh though, so I'd stay away from that.
1: Yeah, I'd be useless.
0: On Instagram, they're always open if anyone else feels the same.
1: If I ever get like a really meaningful message like that, I'll probably just send it to Emma and get her to respond because I am sympathetic, but I probably won't portray that. When I get back to you.
0: He's not nasty about it. He just wouldn't know what to say. He'd shit himself and be scared. He'd say something, the wrong, say something wrong and he'd end up calling you a cunt even if he didn't mean it.
1: <laughs> it's an affectionate word. It's a term of admiration. Or oh, can be.
0: It is. It is. But yeah, yeah if but you,
1: sometimes if you don't like people, I also call them
0: cunts. If, so. you need, if you need to vent about things, come to me. And I'll probably have equally the same amount of things to vent about. And we can just vent together. <laughs> Okay, moving on.
1: That was a bit of a fucking tangent until we just started.
0: (laughs) How many fucking minutes was that?
1: Two minutes 30. (laughs) You've already offered the fucking counselling services.
0: Hey, well, You know what, Emma and Kev are sponsored by one. Maybe we'll get sponsored by one. Um, We don't need to
1: be. You're you're the fucking...
0: I've got a degree in psychology, actually. Anyway, so what is the topic that you're doing this week, Josh?
1: Um... I'm just reading back through my intro because I always tell you the topic and then read the intro and there's like a big opening to it. So I'm just making sure I'm not spoiling it for everyone first. Go on,
0: just take it away, then do your intro.
1: We all love ghosts and the paranormal. That's why we're here. Listening to this podcast and spending the time to hear new stories and experiences that may or may not stop you sleeping at night. However, with this two-part episode, I'm going to approach things slightly differently. The content of this episode and the next one is not designed to pit one against the other. It isn't designed to say which is best or worst. The topics we're exploring today is simply being covered to see what different people from varying backgrounds believe in when it comes to the paranormal. That's right, we're going to be talking about religion.
0: Oh, I I just I'm so glad that you got this topic and not me because I would not be able to do it.
1: It was really interesting to research. I Usually my episodes are like 2,500 words, yeah. something like that. This one is just under 3,000. The next one's 3,500.
0: I'm not saying it wouldn't be interesting. I think my mind would just get like overwhelmed. Oh, my. It, it took me ages is to write there's it. There's too much to write. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to say anything wrong. With
1: some of them as well. I, th- I don't think I have, but as a disclaimer, as we go into it, I've said it towards the end as well. Um. Emma's just took a drink from a gin cup. I feel, I, hate, I think it's Coke, but it might be red wine.
0: No, it's Pepsi. We don't have any red wine.
1: Oh, it's Pepsi brand on target. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, with the religion stuff, I've tried to be as accurate as possible. I have researched it. I've got links to the research. If anyone says I'm wrong, then I will show you where I've got my information from. So you can then go and tell them that they're wrong, I think.
0: I called them a cunt. <laughs>
1: In a nice religious way.
0: <laughs> oh, holy cunt.
1: <laughs> Is there too much sugar in that Pepsi?
0: It's sugar-free.
1: Well, I'm going to go on to another tangent, because I think something's wrong with Emma. She's been sick the past two days. Yesterday, she couldn't move at all. We were meant to record yesterday, and she was just not up for it. So we didn't. And then today, she's... And I
0: didn't eat anything, guys. And Josh offered me a cup of tea and biscuits, and I said no.
1: And she only had one piece of toast. Yeah. Um. Then today, she's been a bit better, but I I went upstairs to go to the toilet before recording, came back down, and she was preaching to the cats about consent and how it's not always implied, which is a valuable lesson, but maybe not to our cats.
0: But Loki always jumps on Fifi and she doesn't want it.
1: But not in that way. He's playful.
0: Yeah, but he needs to understand that she does not want to play.
1: Okay, that's understandable.
0: And also... Another thing, I have red wine glasses. I wouldn't use a gin glass for a red wine. I have red wine glasses, white uh, wine glasses.
1: Emma's got the standards and is obviously very rich. Ikea. Um, then, just before I started recording, she has a notepad next to her, ready for all my um, all the information <laughs> I'm about to portray. And before I'd even said anything, she had written at the very top. Wrote. wrote at the very top. Participants. My initials? Hair initials, Fifi's initials, and also Loki's initials.
0: Including Loki and Fifi's middle names and a little picture of Fifi and Loki and there's a picture of me and you, but it's not it's not like of us because that's almost <laughs> I, I look
1: like a nineteen twenties barber. You look
0: like the prismal man <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> We haven't eaten yet, so that might be I haven't eaten um, in like two days. <laughs> Um, Emma's just like, what's it going to (laughs) materialise? What do you want?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I want Pringles.
1: Um, Should we carry on with the episode? Religion. Yeah, okay, we're on seven minutes now and I haven't even actually started. I've I've read the first two paragraphs. (laughs) It has probably been mentioned at some points, but me and Emma aren't particularly religious. If pushed, we would probably say that we were Christian, but most certainly aren't practising Christians so there will be no prejudice from us with regards to the aspects of different religions we will be speaking about. What we are interested in is what the view of those faiths are when it comes to the paranormal. Does one lead their followers to a path that is in support of an afterlife? One that would allow ghosts to appear in the land of the living? Or is there a religion out there that forbids all belief in spirits that walk among us? Today, and next week, we will find out.
0: Actually we're not religious but I don't know what it is. I was on the bookshelf somewhere, we've got a picture of Kate Cobain as Jesus.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: um, and your sister in law said, Are you religious? And yeah. we were like, No. And it's... she was like, What? Why have you got a picture of Jesus? <laughs> but then she realised she was like, I could not expect to like more what was like more people like less people to be religious than you two and I got such a f- shock when seeing Jesus on your mantelpiece. <laughs> I'm saying? a bit offended
1: by that I can be religious. he's
0: we're not though he's at the top Oh yeah he's at the top like, all Jesus <laughs> should be
1: beginning with one of the world's biggest religions, Christianity. According to Lane, religions, there are around 2.5 billion practicing Christians in the world covering all denominations of the faith. Of course, one of the most famous stories from the teaching of this faith is that of Jesus rising from his tomb following death however it is argued that many level-headed modern Christians would attempt to dismiss any notion of any ghostly goings-on as that is what their religion preaches. A quote from Hebrew 9.27 preaches that and just as it, it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment. Which would sort of portray your dying and that is it. There's nothing afterwards.
0: How? Oh. Uh.
1: However, the same pages that this quote comes from also provide a firm counter-argument for this. One of the most interesting arguments for the potential existence of the paranormal is the use of the word sleep. So this is from Thessalonians 4.13-4.14. The phrase is used to describe those who have passed on and is potentially used as a metaphor. The reasoning behind this is that while a person is asleep, their mind is still active. Modern science has helped us to better understand how and why the brain is still active in sleep, even though the person's body remains relatively still and they are not conscious. Could the use of the word sleep, used in the context of describing the dead, mean that there is a chance that those who are no longer with us are still active, in a way that maybe we don't understand yet? Further evidence of the Christian belief in the paranormal can be found in John 4, which provides the quote of, Test the spirits to see whether they are from God. This is mentioned in the sense that anything paranormal is often considered to be from an evil source. While this quote contests that the spirit may be from a source other than evil, and that there can in fact be a spirit, Although it should be noted that the church does warn against attempting to contact those who have passed via various mediums, such as seances or Ouija boards, because the church is smart. <laughs> well, no, I take that back. The church not, is not always smart. smart. We'll be very, very correct and encompassing it's sometimes smart and it's sometimes not smart.
0: Okay, it's sometimes smart but it's not smart but it should give women the right of their own bodies.
1: Yeah, that's only some churches isn't it? I don't
0: don't know. I think so. I think it's only some churches. The Catholics mostly isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's a part of Christianity.
0: Mm,
1: This warning was backed up by one argument that states that spiritual activities, whether done for fun or not, are not consistent with the teaching of Jesus. It goes on to describe these activities as playing with fire and even preaches that the possibility of demon possession is as real today as it has ever been. Of course, in the arena of demonic possession, we cannot ignore the fact that the Catholic Church to this day actively perform exorcisms. An exorcism for those unaware is a specific prayer used by the Church to combat the power of the devil. This prayer is still arguably in high demand and will be used when a person is needed need of protection from Lucifer or in an attempt to be freed from his spiritual captivity. I think a lot is to be said about the fact that teachings of Christianity dictate that one should not attempt to contact spirits by the various methods often used by paranormal researchers and adventurous amateurs but also that one branch of the religion still to this day recognises that there is a need for proactive prayer to reject evil spirits and potential possession of a living person. Adding to this, during medieval Catholic Europe, they were under the belief that ghosts were those suffering from sins committed in life, waiting in a state of purgatory for their impending judgement. Taking all this into account, surely this is enough proof that the Christian faith has a solid belief in the paranormal. However, contrary to the evidence that can be found in the pages of the Bible, there are some lingering doubts that do creep in. One source mentions that although God doesn't actually refer or comment on any intelligible being following death, the source later recites that demons are real and can pass through barriers that would restrict humans. Yet further comment from Christianity.com, gives the view that once a person is dead, they await judgment. There is no way for them to return as a ghost as it is not biblical and more interestingly, the website says it is not reasonable to believe that somebody could return as a ghost. What is certain is that various sects of Christianity and the Bible do make definite reference to beings that are not human, be that demons or not. However, in the modern age, it would appear that teachers of this faith would rather steer away from preaching the existence of ghosts and stick to the clear facts given in their holy book. What do you think about that?
0: I don't believe in ghosts. Fuck off. <laughs> um, I liked that. I wrote it on the. You know what you said about the sleep and the paranormal and your mind still active. Yeah. When I went to see Julie Sapphire, Yeah. The psychic. She said that that's when your family visit you, like your family from the other side, when you're in like RDN like rapid eye movement is it? mm She said because they don't want to visit you when you're alive, um, when you're alive when you're wide awake because you you will be able to say that it definitely wasn't a dream, so they visit you when you think it may be a dream just so you, you don't like rush to get to them like you don't like try to um, kill yourself or Tempt fate by passing because you know there's another life because they're there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I liked the treat the spirits to see if they were from God. The John four. I thought that was interesting because obviously if he's if this from God, they're like not angels, but they're obviously good. So that that's, that's you mentioned like heaven and hell, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it is.
0: And I just thought that was interesting. Like obviously this, that was them like admitting that there is good and bad.
1: Spirits. Mm-hmm. See, it's it's very contradictory and I think this is something we'll discuss at the end of next week's episode. But to briefly touch on it, I think as we've moved forward in time, that's had a lot to do with religions, views on the paranormal yeah. and spirits in the afterworld and the, or the afterlife. But we'll move on to the next one.
0: Okay.
1: Moving on to a smaller, more mysterious religion. We find ourselves looking at a belief system that blends from Roman Catholic Catholicism and the West African Vodun religion. We are, of course, looking at voodoo. Ooh. Voodoo is an Afro-Haitian religion that is practiced by an estimated 60 million people around the world. It is a product of those who were enslaved and transported to St. Domingo, modern-day Haiti. Upon arrival to their new unwanted life, Those who were enslaved were baptised as Roman Catholics as the practice of their traditional religious beliefs, Vodun were viewed by the colonialists as a threat to their way of life. The slaves began to practice Vodun in secret, meeting under the cover of darkness and keeping their true religious beliefs as quiet as possible. Although the colonialists did eventually find out about the underground worshipping, and those captured were dealt a myriad of punishments ranging from imprisonment right through to the death penalty. In response to this, Vodun practitioners adopted part of Catholicism, enough so to make sure that their capturers believed that they were only practising the Roman Catholic faith. In fact, they were migrating the two faiths together to, on the face of it, seem that they were appeasing their oppressors, but in fact staying true to their Vodun roots. What was born was the religion of Voodoo. This episode could not have been written without mentioning Voodoo as literally the primary goal of the religion is to sevi loa which I'll probably butchered but it's SEVI next word LWA or to serve the spirits. This belief system tells us that the unseen world is populated by spirits, mysteries, the invisibles, angels, and the spirits of ancestors and those who have recently departed this life. Buddhist religion worships one god, similar to Christianity, and this god is known as Bondi. However, there are Loa, LWA, which are supernatural spirits that were created by Bondi to aid their day-to-day tasks. It is debated that these spirits may be from varying origins. Some say that they may once have been human, while others believe they may have a more divine origin, the loa spirits play a pivotal role in the Voodoo religion. As worshippers do not pray to the Bondi directly, the loa act as an intermediary for the humans to the spirit world. Interestingly, the manifestation of Loas can come around in the form of possession. If one were to be possessed by a loa, it is deemed to be something of a privilege. As a human body being possessed will then be able to communicate with the divine, be healed of ailments and guided to spirits of the higher power. Some of the identities of the Wa are known and in order to call upon them, sacrifices have to be made. These sacrifices can take the form of animals, food or drink and can often be very specific depending on which spirit you're looking to call upon because after all, we all have our favorite drinks, don't we?
0: better martini or red
1: one. Obviously. (laughs) One of the most sinister Loire is Baron Samidi. This spirit is the head of death. It is said that his appearance is that which reflects traditional Haitian burial garments. Head to toe in black with a skeletal face for good measure. Samidi is renowned for his bad language and drinking. I'm starting to like him. His role, is to gui- his role is to guide mortal beings that are no longer destined for this world through into the next. However, he does still possess strong powers that can heal the incurable and block sinister curses. Some of the illustrations do give off very serious Grim Reaper vibes, so we will post them up on social media. As we can see then, Voodoo is a religion that doesn't shy away from the paranormal and spirit world. In fact, it does the exact opposite and goes full force and actively worships the spirits as their link to the voodoo god Bondi. What is interesting about this religion is that it is a fusion of differing cultures taking on board some of the Catholic ideologies that were forced upon those enslaved and moved to Haiti. This may be interpreted as further evidence that within the Christian faith, there is elements of undeniable paranormal belief as those who were introduced to the religion around 300 years ago have taken this on board from the forceful teachings and integrated it into their existing beliefs. Given that this was for survival means, there is still scope to believe a spiritual translation was drawn from the Christian side of voodoo.
0: You know, when you said that he... Like, the... Is it the loi And Mm. they... They block, like, bad and. Blocked.
1: Well, l- what? I do are oh, spirits. That is like a spirit. I think that is the word for spirits.
0: Uh, but you know, do you, you said like want some of them block something? Mm. I got like a picture of it. like <laughs> Pokemon, when they like block, like when they block an attack or something. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> okay. Um, Everyone's allowed an opinion, I guess.
0: I like that they have intermediates as well, so it's not all on gods. The Bondi.
1: Yeah. So. Even that Samidi, the one I talk about, the head of death, Yeah. he's essentially an intermediary with God. Yeah. So there's the one true God, which is Bondi, mm-hmm. and then from what I can make out, there's a, a, a whole plethora of different blah yeah.
0: Well, you see on, well, I don't, I don't know them, but you see on like New Orleans programs, they have like little statues of various mm. gods, don't they? Um, well, no,
1: because there's only one God. No, but they, there's they have spirits. Udala.
0: Yeah. I've heard that phrase as well. I've also seen places with like programs where they want to be possessed, like you said, by the spirit. Oh well, yeah, because it's,
1: like it, a, it's a it's a positive. They view it as a positive thing because yeah. they're in direct contact then with the divine and potentially the spirit world.
0: But aren't you losing yourself though, just for them? Or did they like come I and go? I think that'd,
1: that'd of be another debate in itself—a whole possession debate. You used it to the episode on possession.
0: Yeah, true. So. That's a different type of possession though, isn't it? That's like a positive possession.
1: But it might be a negative possession, depending on the spirit.
0: Yeah, true.
1: Because although there's going to be many intermediaries for the one true God, I'd imagine not all of them have positive roles. So like even that Samidi is the bringer of death, essentially, Mm -hmm. he does have a positive connotation in that he can heal incurable diseases and stuff like that. But on the other hand, there must be spirits out there that only want bad things
0: you probably because you're more open to the the good loire coming to you you probably invite bad ones so you might think that it's a good one because you've um, your family and that are sacrificing all for them to get them to gain power and then it could be a bad one
1: so potentially what if you're trying to be possessed by one of the good spirits maybe what happens if a spirit intercepts
0: yeah so a bad spirit it,
1: sort of keeps an eye out for anyone who's trying to contact the divine yeah. or the spirit world and then comes over and...
0: It's like a portal uh, is open yeah. or whatever.
1: Yeah. So we move on to our next religion. Okay. With an estimated following of around 15 million people worldwide, which I do not believe for one fucking second. Oh. The Jewish religion, there must be more than 15 million Jewish people in the world. There's got to be.
0: Yeah, there's got to be.
1: Well, I got I have a link to that, and somebody who is much more angry than I am can go and write them a, a strongly worded email.
0: isn't that like one of the oldest religions as well? Yeah, it,
1: yeah, and it's it must be more than fifteen million. It's like
0: one of the most common ones. Maybe there's
1: 15 million in England. In England, yeah. Maybe, Maybe in there's fifty. England. No, there won't be because there's only sixty-six million people in England.
0: Could be. Oh, oh, no.
1: sixty-eight million. I think. Could be. Maybe in America. There's in America, there'll probably 15 be more. Million. More, probably. I think America's only got a population of, about 150 million?
0: Oh, is it? Yeah. So only 10% would be Jewish, yeah. That makes sense.
1: So, maybe that's true. But anyway, I think there's much more than 15 million worldwide. The, that The source that I read said worldwide.
0: Well, you're lying.
1: What are we lying for?
0: Why the fuck you lying?
1: <laughs> anyway.
0: Judaism. Go for it.
1: However, it's writings and beliefs give us a plethora of spiritual and paranormal notions. One concept that I had heard of previously but wasn't too sure on what the details of it were, was the Uh Dybbuk. Further research into this phenomenon shows that it is believed to be the disembodied human spirit that is forced to wander without purpose due to their sins in life. The spirit can take respite in the body of a living person, essentially possessing them. If the legend is to be believed, a Dybbuk can be contained in a box to prevent it from wandering around, looking for a living body to call home. These boxes are essentially prisons for the sinful spirits, ensuring that they are kept under control and will be able to wreak any further havoc. Although curiosity is what killed the cat, it would seem that there are a lot of curious people out there who open the boxes, just to see what will happen. <laughs> Please. Are you going to say it? I wasn't, but I know exactly what you're thinking.
0: Like when Sach Bacons bought one on eBay. Fucking ticket.
1: I actually wasn't. I, that was what I was thinking. I was thinking Emma from Real Life Ghost Emma from Real oh, Life yeah. I'm speaking far too fast. There, I can't even understand.
0: It's because we love her. <laughs> I'm
1: speaking about Emma from Real Life Ghost Stories. Yeah, That's what b- I thought you'd She
0: bought one as well, but I don't, I, when you, you know about that if you're a Patreon, so maybe sign up to her Patreon. I think. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Maybe we should have a Patreon. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> just giving out everyone else's.
0: <laughs> She's my friend, my best friend, it's okay. Oh, okay. She's not really. Sorry, guys, I'm not a stalker.
1: She definitely is. <laughs> Emma on this podcast is definitely a stalker. Not no. not other Emma.
0: I'm not a stalker. Stop it. Just stop messaging me. What?
1: <laughs> One of the most famous accounts of a Dybbuk box being opened concerned an antiques dealer named Kevin Manus, who, in 2003, came into the possession of a Dybbuk box at an estate sale of an elderly lady who had previously survived the tragedies that took place in the Nazi concentration camps. When purchasing the box, Manus was told by the deceased's family to never open it and that there would be dire consequences should he decide to. Manus's original plan was to gift the box to his mother as a present, mustn't fucking like her very much. <laughs> However, before the box could change hands
0: Why the salon it? Eh
1: uh, well that's that's a question in itself. Manus's original plan was to gift the box to his mother as a present. However, before the box could change hands, the small doors were edged open by Manus, as he could no longer take being left in the dark about its contents. It's Inside was reportedly a candle, a scroll of Yiddish writing, and locks of human hair. Mannis obviously didn't like his mum very much, as he still gifted her the box. <laughs> but it is said that not long after receiving it, Kevin Manus found his mother in an unconscious state when visiting her one afternoon oh my God. after she had suffered a stroke. <gasps> Kevin, you're a fucking horrible son.
0: You're a mother killer.
1: This signaled the end of the Dybbuk's box affiliation with the Manus family as it was then sold online to a museum curator named Jason Haxton. It is claimed that as soon as Jason took possession of the box, things began to spiral for him. Strange sweet smells would seemingly emanate from the box, filling the room with an unfamiliar odour. Inky shadows would appear, just out of direct vision, as though the shadows were stalking their living prey around the museum. Some of the museum staff members even reported that family members and loved ones had passed away suddenly, all since the arrival of the divot box. The current and final resting place of the box is with none other than our most favorite Zach Bagans. My
0: guy, I knew I did In his Las Vegas
1: (laughs) museum. Obviously, it now gets a multitude of visitors day in, day out. But one of the most notable is rapper Post Malone, who actually gained contact with the Dybbuk box by accidentally touching Zach Bagans while filming the show, who Zach was touching the box. So it was like second hand (sighs) touch. Since the incident in 2018, Post Malone has alleged that he has suffered great misfortune such as getting into a car accident, his house getting broken into, and even nearly being involved in a plane crash. Should one be adventurous enough, there is a wide availability of these haunted boxes available on sites such as eBay, <laughs> but something tells me that while there may be some real ones out there for sale, there is probably some fakes.
0: Yeah, it does Also,
1: I'm not recommending or condoning anybody by themselves an evil spirit.
0: I bet you're such a fake.
1: <laughs> How dare you! How very dare you! Another entity that I would like to mention when it comes to the Jewish belief is the golem
0: oh lord of the
1: rings uh, uh-huh. next sentence
0: oh, sorry, go on.
1: everyone has probably heard of the name due to its popularization in the lord of the rings books and films whoa
0: it's like a red
1: but the origins in the jewish faith are much different but potentially the inspiration for this creature seen on the silver screen the talmud one of the key religious texts in judaism reads a story of how while on a journey a group of rabbis became hungry, but were isolated in the wilderness with no provisions to speak of. The story continues to tell of how the rabbis created a calf, using just dirt, mud and earth around them. It is believed that magic was used in this creation, deriving from the Amaric principle, Avra Ker Davra, which translates to, I create as I speak, and is the basis for the popular phrase abracadabra.
0: I was gonna say that. Well, no, I didn't know what it meant, but I was gonna say, is that where that came from? Do you wanna read? Do you just wanna fucking lead this episode?
1: <laughs> essentially, the moral of the story was that in certain circumstances, a person can create life from essentially nothing. The creation of the calf was also the creation of golem. A task set by the rabbis to see how good their skills and knowledge of the faith were. Following the successful creation of these creatures, they were treated as somewhat of a folklore hero, protecting Jewish communities from prejudice and hate. However, like all good tales, there is a twist. It is well regarded that cases of the golem have resulted in the creature becoming skittish, anxious and potentially violent against its creator and the community it was made to protect. One particular story tells of how a rabbi in Prague created the golem in the late 1500s. The sole purpose of the creature was to protect the Jewish community from anti-Semitic attacks that were occurring. After carrying out its duties for some time, the golem became fearful and violent towards its own people, retreating to the attic of the Elfinishal in Prague.
0: Are you going to Prague, mate?
1: Yeah, we can go and see it, because... And if legend is to be believed, that is where it's still hidden away today.
0: Oh, we'll go find it.
1: Ready to be woken up should its services be required. The word Althnushul is A-L-T-N-E-U-S-H-U-L. I'm pretty much sure from where I read it from, the word actually means just like religious house or worship house or something like that. Uh, it's religious. something like that. It's it, it, it translates to something very practical
0: mm-hmm. like hospital and you said German
1: it's crank house yeah and crank <laughs>
0: and doesn't crank mean safe yeah. <laughs>
1: do you know what tired is murder <laughs> oh. the lessons of history should not be forgotten these creatures can and will turn on their own people so definitely only wake up a golem if you absolutely have to
0: that is quite similar to Lord of the Rings, because um, they are on like an adventure, aren't they? And then he starts going mad. them.
1: Yeah, because there's a... Yeah, you it's you know, yeah, a good metaphor, actually, because he is there to sort of guard and protect. Yeah. But...
0: And he starts turning, doesn't he?
1: Because of the ring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's a good metaphor. That's yeah. potentially where he comes from.
0: Yeah. Do mm, it comes from, Lord of the Rings comes from Jewish Judaism no,
1: not the whole thing I mean like, just Gollum yeah, maybe but this is the past but. No,
0: I'm, no, oh, no I'm just saying we're not saying that Judaism has got the Lord of the Rings <laughs>
1: well it's well renowned that a book that was written in like the early 1900s or 1800s started this age old probably the old, one of the oldest religions on earth <laughs> and that brings us to the end of part one Make sure you join us on next week's episode where we'll be discussing the ghostly beliefs of more religions as well as going over some of the interesting discussion points and arguments that have been raised surrounding religion and the paranormal. As always, if you have any thoughts on today's episode or would like to send us your experience, you can contact us at across the cemetery at gmail.com. We're on social media, which Emma will reel off to you now.
0: On Instagram at across the cemetery, TikTok and Twitter ax the cemetery, and that's all we have for social media, wise, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah. We're not on LinkedIn because we're not dickheads. I'm on LinkedIn. So am I. Personally, yeah, <laughs> I hate LinkedIn. You know.
0: Yeah, it's like. Um...
1: Should we have a tangent? We're on forty minutes. We can have a tangent.
0: Yeah, it's like just nobs, like just going on about work and oh my god, kiss my ass.
1: My nose is this brown today. <laughs>
0: I shared some because I was on the company website the other day, and I shared it.
1: Oh, what is shit off your nose? <laughs> no, um, I don't really like LinkedIn. It's a bit shit. Same. Um, Facebook. I don't use it anymore. I use because I'm it because like, I'm like a higher power to social media now.
0: He's just so original. What happened is he got a new phone and he doesn't know his Facebook <laughs> password, so he hasn't got onto it.
1: And I'm too lazy to reset it. So, but life has been better since not using it.
0: But I'm on. I'm on it for like a lot of groups.
1: Yeah, so if I need anything on Facebook, I ask Emma to check for me.
0: And he took his birthday off when, when he when he had his password because he didn't want people to say happy <laughs> birthday to him. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I can't even defend that because it's true. So I just didn't want people to talk to
0: me. So that's why we don't have Facebook, guys. Um, we don't. We do have LinkedIn each personally, but we don't have it. I think you updated it when Sematary. I was thirteen. You wouldn't have had it when you were thirteen. Um, what else? Don't we have? We have, We don't have Pinterest. <laughs> we have a YouTube. That's a extra cemetery. Oh
1: yeah, we have YouTube. Um, we do we not have Pinterest? You've signed up to Pinterest, and I've got like, loads of fucking emails. <laughs> no,
0: that's just me from health health to court. Well, can
1: you can you keep the, the podcast email for podcast related things and? Not the fucking decoration of this house, please.
0: <laughs> Will we make the podcast in the house?
1: Well, that may be so, they can't see.
0: <laughs> they might be. Maybe one day. Not at the minute because we have a we have a ghetto little um, recording studio. <laughs> it's uh, the microphones. You in know the when we have like, a box. really
1: nice studio. I'm gonna keep this just to say that's where we started.
0: Yeah. <laughs> started here.
1: <laughs> we started in the side of a fucking what is it? Um. M- muscle foods fucking <laughs> box that our meat came in once <laughs>
0: and it's got like what is this foam
1: no, no, that's legitimately like, sound then yeah
0: it's cable tied to the box <laughs> yeah it's cable tied
1: and it to the box but so that's that's who cares
0: so yeah one day we'll have um we have a jog radio station radio station <laughs> whatever <laughs> we maybe we have a look. Little- Maybe we will have a radio station one day and I'll just play all Taylor Swift all day, every day.
1: I think you owe Taylor Swift five pounds now for saying a name.
0: Probably. But then that would mean she'd have to speak to me to send me a cease and desist.
1: A cease and desist? Mm. cease and desist. That one. Okay. There's a tangent. This was three religions, three paranormal aspects. You have to listen to the next episode to hear four more religions, I believe. And also some discussion points. So next week's episode will probably be quite a long one.
0: And Josh doesn't like people saying happy birthday to him. Nope. See you next week. Bye. Bye.
1: So that brings us to the end of part one. Make sure you join us on next week's episode to get where... What the shit is that?